0: Hello and welcome to this third and final special edition of the NET Ministries podcast. We are calling the WAPO Sessions. Again, Camp WAPO is a place that we take our missionaries in the fall for a time of training. Now we've had a very special guest be a part of our training for years upon years upon years. Anybody who served on NET in the last 20 plus years knows about the legend of the man, Father Fred Gallia. Father Fred has been with Nat training for so long, and year after year after year, team members come on the road, they get to know Father Fred, and they're just inspired and awestruck by his sort of Gandalf-like holiness. Uh, So Dan and our marketing crew uh, stayed up late in vigil one night to interview Father Fred. I know you're going to love it. Let's jump right into the interview.
1: Father Fred, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for asking. This is
0: great. We're in uh, the little meditation chapel at um, Camp Wapagasset for net training. Yes. And you've been to net training a few times.
1: Just about 30 years now.
0: 30 years? Yes, sir. So, like, is that 30 times or 31 times?
1: It's the 30th year. Okay. 30 times.
0: So this is my 10th Your 10th. My 10th time. So I've been here a third of the time that Father Fred has. has.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Um, But you've also been a priest. For 55 years now.
0: For 55 years, and you're a priest in which diocese?
1: The Diocese of San Bernardino in Southern California.
0: And what is or was your assignment?
1: Well, I had several assignments there, but probably the most significant one was being a pastor of a parish. My last assignment was the largest growing city in the United States at the years I was there, called Rancho Cucamonga. Mm. And uh, a very growing, fast, rapidly increasing population of just people and then Catholics. Mm. We would register on average of 25 to 30 families a week. Wow. So that presented its own problems. And having been previously involved in Catholic high school work, Uh, one of the great mysteries, in quotation marks, that uh, I realized when I was assigned there that I wasn't seeing any teenagers
0: hmm. in
1: church. Here we are, the largest growing city in the United States. There had to be a few teenagers someplace <laughs> in these families and to try to figure out why they weren't coming to church. So that became a major focus uh, for me as a pastor.
0: How did you hear about that, Dan?
1: Well, what I want, what I wanted to do was to say I have some experience here with high school students, but yeah. we don't have that experience with them coming to church. Yeah. So, having also been a science teacher, what it helped me to do is say I need to do a little investigation here. Yeah. To start to discover some what are the demographics or what are the forces that are keeping them away. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to do some investigating of a variety of youth ministry programs at the time. And I have to admit, um, there wasn't much. <laughs> I, in fact, spent time uh, looking through 50, five, zero different youth ministry programs and basically discarded 48 of them. Wow. They had no substance yeah. to them. Uh, many of them, even though they were written by Catholic people, mm. uh, just hadn't gotten a deep enough, in my judgment, a deep enough treatment of the Catholic faith. Mm. And also discovering in that demographics research that there hadn't been a great amount of depth being taught to them, mm. so they were not coming with any kind of depth of faith or even some basic knowledge of the simple principles of things like the commandments and simple prayers. So we had to go to attempt to strike at that problem and strike at it. We had to do it in a powerful way. So did you hear
0: about Net through some kind of ad or you visited (laughs) Minnesota? How did that come about?
1: very interesting question, a quasi-ad, I like that terminology. (laughs) was a quasi ad. I had gone home to Denver to visit my mother, and um, being the good Italian mother that she was, she used to save me the Catholic newspapers. Hmm. And one of the newspapers I was reading had this front page cover story on net ministries. I had not heard of them before that. And so I found out that they had been in one of the Denver parishes, I talked to the pastor of the parish, and I said to him, I said, this is a very interesting article. It seems that one of the themes that was going through the article was very clear that these young college students that were coming on the NET team had an incredible ability to draw the young people to the parish and then immerse them and a good retreat experience. I said, So I said to him, I said, Father, I'm just calling to see. Is that an accurate description yeah. of what the, what the retreat work is that they're doing? He said, well, no, they really didn't tell the whole story. I said, oh my goodness, here I saw something exciting Yeah, I thought I was going to turn the tables. Yeah. And then he said, no, 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 they didn't say enough good things oh, wow. about Net Ministries. So we, had the, we continued the conversation about a few other details, yeah. finally got the phone number of Debt Ministries, and I never even knew where St. Paul was at the time. Yeah. And then I phoned and uh, tried to make a, uh, an appointment to get a Net team to come out uh, to my parish. It had not existed in California at the time, so when the Net team finally did come, uh, after several months of waiting on a waiting list... Mm-hmm. and having a, a prayerful novena to the Blessed Mother yeah. that I would be able to get a team as soon as possible because I hadn't found anything. Yeah. And this particular article had greatly stimulated my mind and my heart to say, this is what's going to work. This mm-hmm. is what's going to get mm-hmm. young people interested in coming to church. And then hopefully many conversions could occur from that.
0: And then shortly after that, you decided to join us for training, was it?
1: Well, that was after the first year. Okay. Uh, after the first year, uh, it was kind of an interesting, jovial conversation. I received a phone call and said from headquarters here in West St. Paul and said, yeah. Father, you haven't paid your bill. Uh-oh. And I said, <laughs> Well, I think I sent my check in. I, I was quite sure I had made the payment. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I don't see your name here on the priests that are coming for training. Mm. And that's part of your bill, <laughs> if you will and that was 30 years ago. Wow. So I've been coming back ever since thanks to Mark Burcham's invitation every year.
0: And you've seen I mean literally thousands of net team members go through net. If you've been coming for 30 years, that means at least 2000 Exactly. NET NET no team question members. at all. Yeah.
1: And and I and the other beautiful thing is to see the very deep spiritual emphasis. Yeah of what training does, having had a team in my parish and seeing the actual effect of that team mm-hmm. uh, in action in the parish and what it would do to help conversions take place in the hearts of these young people. Yeah, And then to see also just the ministry itself grow from maybe 50, I think the first training year I was here, there were only yeah. 50 netters and now uh, we're up to 180, close to that, this year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible blessing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I I know for me, myself, when I came to NET, <laughs> 10 WAPOs ago, um, <laughs> you were one of the main people that like enabled me to see myself mm. how God sees me mm. and to see God how I ought to see him. You really helped me mm. in my faith probably more than any other person priest has and um, and I know that I'm not the only one but in our conversations that we'd have um, lots of confessions so we won't repeat that here Um, (laughs) in our conversations um, you I just sensed a great amount of wisdom Mm. and that um, you were able to share from experience of um, just some similar things that young people kind of wrestle with in the early ages of conversion and um, early on in their faith. I was wondering if you mm. if we could just talk about some of those like things that you've seen over the years of um, talking with NET team members. What are the common things that you see them struggle with mm-hmm. um, and the common kind of um, uh, truths that they need to hear?
1: Mm. I think probably the first thing is just a, a lack of a simple understanding of who is God, hmm. and is God something more than just a catechism statement or a class that you had to go to? I found that in the early years, this question of, well, the only way we're learning about our faith is in a classroom setting. Yeah, And I, I thought that was very problematic, having been a teacher in a classroom saying that you're going to put these high school students back into that same kind of mold. Mm. That was one of the major spiritually exciting things to me about NET is that it wasn't going to be a classroom setting. Yeah. So just some basic understandings of who God is. Yeah. The second one is even uh, understanding, and I think this has been a common thread through the years, even a common understanding of what it means to try to experience a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. How do I really encounter the Lord? Yeah. I have to know that it's it's a deeper reality than just a social meeting. Yeah. It's a deeper reality than just appearing and kneeling in a pew in a church on Sunday and it has to have an actual life effect.
0: So so with those two things the first thing being people not really knowing god Mm -hmm. and then the second one not really knowing how to relate to him um what are some of the things that you uh have sort of helped people see the the truth in that
1: Uh, probably the first thing that comes to my mind is to uh, what i'll just call a spiritual translation maybe okay how do we translate it from an abstract idea hmm. and say what do you do when you uh, play hockey or what do you do when you're engaged in a girls volleyball game yeah what is it that gets you involved with it mm-hmm. it's you making a decision that I'm going to participate in this this activity yeah well it's not too distant from that when I want to encounter who the Lord is, I basically have to learn on how to make some investment in it. Yeah. I have to put myself into it. And so the learning of that, trying to teach them, there are some practical, simple, very beautiful ways in which you can do that. And then I discovered from that, probably... (laughs) something even more primary, and that being, what is the solid, basic foundation that's gonna get them into that involvement? And this is where I got excited about what Net would do, yeah. is prayer, when the teams would arrive, not only do you, do you as the pastor encounter them, yeah. uh, wanting to have, Father, where can we have prayer time? Yeah. Is there a chapel here for us to pray in? Mm -hmm. But then carrying that over into the very retreat experience. Then coming to training and saying, oh my goodness, there's two weeks here where there's some training on prayer time, personal prayer time, team prayer time, which then uh, opened up another set of doors at the parish level of saying, you remember when the netters were here, how they as a team got together and prayed? Well... We as the parish community of the young people, we need to be doing the same thing, meaning above and beyond just would be uh, what they would do at Sunday, Mass, get them to come back another night of the week. As a parenthesis, just striking me in my brain right now, yeah. that one of the things that happened the very first year the first team came to my parish in California was uh, I guess we call them spiritual groupies. Okay. (laughs) The the attachment that the young people had to the to the net team members and then started to ask within that very first time they were there, well, can we come when they are having team prayer? I'll never Uh, forget that. Yeah. And I said, you know, this is something very intriguing. We need to do this as a repetitive kind of thing at the parish. So we used to set up a Tuesday night prayer night that's awesome to invite them in yeah and hopefully that was you know taking that good foundation and helping them to come up to these two other concepts so
0: getting them to just pray really yes um, getting them to experience and dive in Um, now we have why do you think it is that so many people um, they can experience something as convicting as that and Uh, they can experience a deep, Mm. profound change in their heart or a perceived change. But then, after a year of service or even um, when they go work in the real world, they kind of just drift away from the faith. Why do you think that
1: happens? Well, uh, primarily, I I think it's an old principle um, I learned from St. Thomas Aquinas about you retain that which you repeat, Okay. And so if there's a drifting away, maybe we need to examine what are the reasons why there's not a repetition of what brought them there initially. Mm. Okay. So that that, that just makes a, a greater emphasis on the work that the parish youth program has to do. Yeah. And then uh, just, to, <laughs> just to see that as net training grew and developed over these last 30 yeah. years. I mean, there's been a, a, a profound observation on my part of seeing uh, the, the new elements that have been added yeah. uh, which have deepened some of these basic spiritual premises okay. which then yeah. says, well, we have to keep doing this. Summarized in a short brief word, follow-up. Yeah. If there's no follow-up right. to something, it's just a mirror you know emotional experience perhaps maybe for 48 hours yeah versus something that will you know continue it over the period of time so the getting the teams back on a regular basis by in my parish was extremely important yeah and doing a retreat work was extremely important and then to provide them with the the atmosphere of the spiritual experience when the NET team is in the parish on a continuing basis with follow-up, hmm. you know, week after week, yeah. month after month. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I also discovered that it's a continual invitation. Young people, teenagers in parishes, for example, will continue to forget things unless you remind them. Yeah, It's basically reinforcement spiritual learning
0: yeah absolutely so, yeah
1: and then boy it, uh, dramatic effects take place yeah.
0: so some of the common things that mm. you've seen from net team members that um, have trained here and you've spoken with you know they um don't they haven't they need to learn a proper understanding of who God is and learn how to draw close to him in prayer. Yeah. what are some of the other things that you see are just common um struggles that uh, young people have? Uh,
1: I think primarily uh, the, the first and foremost is their own personal self-identity. Okay. Great struggle with that. And that's been a consistent one as well. Okay. It, 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 over the years, uh, you know, who am I? I'm, I'm struggling with my own identity. Mm-hmm. So their, their identity as a person, their identity as a son or daughter of God, Yeah. C- crucial. And the one that I've, I, I, I just really love to see net do during training mm-hmm. that they're going to go out obviously and demonstrate in the, pre, in the teachings and preaching of the gospel is the whole concept of God as Father. Yeah. In, in these last 10 years, for example, maybe yeah. even 15,
0: yeah.
1: uh, the fact of the disjunction in families
0: mm.
1: has been just so radical that it's destroyed an awful lot of young people's knowing, where do I go for my dad? Who is my father in my human family? Yeah. Where do I find that or discover that in the spiritual realm hmm. of God as Father? Hmm. And so when, when the netters themselves, I love to see the transformation that's been going on in their life. Yeah. When, when they go through this training about God as our Father, And you start to see the unburdening that takes place. And, you know, as the priest here in training, we experience that being revealed in their feelings in confession as well as in spiritual direction. And it's kind of a minor miracle, if you will. Yeah. Because they get this realization, you know, there is a healing here for me. Yeah. There is a hope for me yeah. someplace else to grow and be spiritually enriched. And then again, you know, that famous philosophical principle, you can't give what you haven't got. Yeah. Well, they get it yeah. in the training. So they're just prepared in a very dramatic and powerful way yeah. to be able to communicate that message.
0: Yeah, wow, yeah, that's really great. The The love of God the Father is one mm. of those things that... Mm. <laughs> it, it Our culture doesn't really get, and even even our team members when they come in, they often confuse mm-hmm. God the Father with their own father, mm-hmm. whether for for better
1: or worse. Um,
0: what are some of the, those other things that you see are just commonalities among our young people
1: among young people uh, i I think another commonality is uh, getting over the necessity. To have to be somebody else. What does that mean? Uh, Other than themselves, that this whole realm of them going into uh, comparing themselves, the areas that develop in jealousy in personality relationships, uh, I see those things as getting in the way of uh, young people being able just to develop a a prayer attitude. Develop also because of those kinds of things, and a, a different attitude like at liturgy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They just, they're always interested in this other thing, rather than them examining their own giftedness. Hmm. And if they start uh, to start to learn how they are gifted, uh, what I mean by that uh, connection with the liturgy is, when they come to Mass then, yeah. they have an understanding of You know, I am coming as a gift. Hmm. I have something to give to the Lord. And that's one great transformation that I've seen them have through these retreat experiences is they're able to recognize, I'm not going there just to get something, but I'm going to acknowledge the greatness of the Lord and the giftedness that I am before the Lord. I can come in humble, you know, gift-giving. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that is really a, a, another big one, and then I think just the ability not to be ashamed to cl- proclaim that they are a Catholic. Okay. They feel they can feel comfortable with it, and primarily because they get that empowerment by having gone through these retreat experiences. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, It's probably the the best way of saying is they have been freed of that bondage Mm. of fear Mm -hmm. that somebody's going to criticize them because of the faith that they proclaim.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I like that one uh, tremendously because that's what also really frees them to enter into worship. Yeah. And to participate. You know, when the church says full active conscious participation. Yeah. You know that conscious part of it sometimes <laughs> is a little bit misunderstood, yeah. but they, they are aware. They are more aware of what it means. And the great joy, the great joy, is just to see young people so free when they can come to worship. You know, both at yeah. prayer meetings and at, at the liturgy of the mass, the holy yeah. mass. Yeah, beautiful experience.
0: Yeah, one of your um, giftedness a gift that I see that you have is that you're able to kind of see (laughs) I don't know how you do it but you're able to see when a person is being genuine with where they're at in their spiritual life Mm -hmm. or if they're um trying to um fake it or or they're being um they're they're misguiding themselves Mm -hmm. How, how how do you do that like how, how is that something? I'm not
1: sure how I do it yeah'm I'm, I'm quite sure how the Lord will will try to to use perhaps me mm-hmm. to do that. I, I think part of that just comes from experiencing pastoral life with people sure. and especially uh, trying to be uh, understanding mm-hmm. of what is going on in your life, what is affecting you. What are the elements that are drawing you or taking you away from any spiritual uh, kind of a dimension in your life? And then, uh, I think, being able to listen carefully for that first. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, in the same time, um, God has given me kind of a little secret whisperings, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spiritual guidance, spiritual uh, pathways to Mm -hmm. open up. And then to just to be able to say to a person, it appears that yeah. you're having a difficulty, for example, uh, in a relationship with your parents.
0: Hmm.
1: Or you had a difficult uh, friendship with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. And what happens is you started to draw into yourself. Hmm. And one of the things I always try to be listening for and have the Lord lead me through is what is an alternate way that maybe you can handle a situation or a problem that you've been in and then give you a a spiritual pathway to start walking this way. Mm. And let's see now how you can grow from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often, um, people just don't don't think too deeply sometimes. Because I think the world around them kind of encases them. Yeah. You know, restricts them in one form or fashion. Yeah. So I just pray God he keeps saying the words in my ears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously as well, you know, now more than ever for multiple different reasons, we live in very dark times. The culture is um, going away that I don't think um, most young people have a kind of good chance to stand against it mm-hmm. because it's just sweeping society in a particular direction. So what do you think is needed by, mm-hmm. um, you know, the young people in our church today mm-hmm. um, who want to follow Christ? Uh,
1: I think the first thing is that we, the whoever the leadership might be, whether it's the the pastor, the mm-hmm. parish team, the youth ministry program, or even NET coming in yep. to a parish, I think we need to have a very conscious effort at inviting them in. Hmm. If once we make an invitation to them, and, and Nett does a great job with that, of course, at the beginning of every retreat. If we invite them in, and then secondly, if after that invitation, We start to let them know, open doors, that there's something a little bit more here that will be helpful to you as a person. Hmm. So if you come in with burdens, and they all do, and any of them that say they don't, they're just not being quite honest with themselves at the moment, again, because they don't know what to do. But if we provide that environment, that welcoming environment, and then... As we welcome them in, we welcome them in with the word of God. Mm-hmm. We welcome them in with a spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. We welcome them in saying to them, this has lasting value. It's not going to be like a friend that's going to disappear in six weeks.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not going to be like an argument you're going to have with a peer in your classes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that gives you a sustaining power and then oh, that question of follow up again we, we we need to be able to continually follow up on personal level i think that's the important part of relational ministry is if you have got a core team or a fair, you know a fairly good uh, youth ministry program where it can articulate to them okay you've grown from step a to step b yeah guess what there's step c available to you yeah and just you know, you give them hope, mm-hmm. and I think that's the big missing element yeah, yeah. in their lives. They, they, they see no hope out there in this darkness.
0: That's so true, and I think maybe even some of our listeners might have a similar experience to some of our NET team members that, mm-hmm. um, you know, they experience a certain darkness in their own spiritual life, that mm-hmm. there's dryness in their prayer. They, they they can't find time to pray, and even when they do find time to pray, their mind is so busy. Um, we, have, we have listeners like that. We have listeners who have kind of, um, you know, they sh- uh, struggle with hearing the Word of God mm-hmm. in their life on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to our listeners who might be in that place?
1: I love that question as well. Um, <laughs> I think perhaps, maybe part of the reason they are in that darkness mm-hmm. or, and or they are lacking a certain amount of hope, it has to do probably with some uh, environmental behavior kind of activities, meaning basic chaos in our world. Yeah. Uh, if there's that chaos around them, there's no way they're going to be able to have a serious prayer life a fruitful prayer life and avoid the, the dryness or the desolations of John of the cross. Yeah. And so uh, the more they can start to see what, by whatever resource spiritually they can get, that they can start to amalgamate themselves into a pattern of good order hmm. in their life. Hmm. Start to see how do you, by your participation in your faith, in your parish community, yeah. how do you get order in your life? Uh, I think what that does is speak then of what God is, because God is a God of order, and yeah. not the God of chaos. Yeah. And that you know, you know, I feel comfortable here, I feel at peace here. The great clincher in my spiritual direction to, at times with people is to get them to understand: how do I know I'm doing what God wants me to do? It, it comes from a fairly simple simple principle. Is, do I have peace in my heart about what I'm doing? Hmm. If I don't, I probably have chaos. If I do, I've probably moved into the realm of order, and then I know I am walking in the way that God wants me to walk because I'm walking in a godly pattern, order in my life. Hmm. So whatever they can do to work themselves into that order, I think will be the great beacon and light of hope. Sure. In that darkness. Sure.
0: Um, this is a bit of a loaded question, but um, do you think that um, everyone, all our listeners, are called to be saints?
1: Uh, I have no doubt about that. Um,
0: you have no doubt about it, but the, maybe... But the people do. <laughs> yeah.
1: but, and, and I think the only reason that maybe people have a doubt about them being called to be saints is, again, that question of invitation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I did a program once at my parish that I learned from an older matriarchal Filipino member of the parish, and she had come up to communion one day, and she was known to have a little bit of a sense of humor. Sure. But she was a matriarch of the first class in her family. She came up to communion one day, and I and she had a big three to four inch size button on. Wow! And on the button, it said "Saint in Training." <laughs> and I said, "You know, we've got to do that." So a few weeks later, we had paper patch on buttons yeah. made for the people and passed them out yeah. as they came into church. Yeah. I think it's a make that just the purpose of that was to make them aware that, yes, you can be a saint in training. Yeah. You're going someplace with that. Mm-hmm. But again, if we don't invite them to it, yeah. if we don't make them aware of it, and maybe uh, if we don't uh, teach them how to follow a call to holiness, they'll have no direction. Yeah. You know, the, the sheep without the shepherd concept. Yeah. We, we, we really need to shepherd people yeah. more and more into that call for holiness. And uh, in this day and age and in the darkness you were speaking about earlier, in this day and age, I think that that should be a, a great force for us as a Catholic church in these days of darkness. Yeah. Let's start to develop ways in which we can call people. Show them that it's not an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Teach them that God's love is so deep. Don't don't always concentrate on darkness in your life or sinfulness, let's talk about that. Let's get that cleared up. Let's get you living a life of being in the state of grace.
0: Going back to confession, particularly. Yeah,
1: absolutely, regular confession. When I was first ordained, I mean, it was not uncommon at all that you always had every Saturday long lines of people in confession. Mm. And they, you know, that's one of the great beauties of being a priest is with face-to-face confession today, you can actually see God working. Yeah. And, and you can see it in their faces. Mm. You can see burdens just being lifted from their shoulders. Yeah. And you say, oh, glory to God. That's the beauty of it. It's the beauty yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's great. And um, we'll, we'll close up here shortly, um, mm. but I have a couple more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of saints do you see the Lord raising up in this day and age?
1: Uh, kinds of saints meaning?
0: Meaning like um, where are you seeing movements of holiness and um, mm. what do you see the Holy Spirit doing to call people to particular forms of sainthood?
1: I think, I think there's um, several movements going on in the church right now which would, uh, could lend some credence to some of that. But I, I think that what we need to make aware, people aware of, yeah. no matter where they are, we, we need to show them that there are several models of saints yeah. for every age group. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think we should start talking to children in elementary schools about saints, yeah, and what what it means to be a saint. You know, simple terms fit their age group, yeah. But then move that into you know, high school students. Obviously, need to see that today. College students equally, but even in people who are married and in an adulthood, and in their various forms of life, mm. um, you know, what's wrong with a, an accountant being a saint? Yeah. What's wrong with a a banker? What's wrong with a plumber being a saintly person? And I think sometimes if we could just give them little things, the spiritual things that they could do, demonstrate Mm. or give testimony to, would be incredible. Uh, You know, comes to mind, uh, I remember one parishioner said, Father, is it okay if I, I bring my pocket Bible with me to work? I said, Well, I'm not your boss at work, <laughs> you know. But I said, uh, You know, it's your break at lunchtime. That's your free time. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a great demonstration of an interior expression of what's happening in you after you've had a, a, a conversion in your life, learned to relate to the Lord? Yeah. You read your Bible while you're having your lunch in the staff room. Something as simple as that. I said, the old scientist in me says what's going to happen is somebody's going to say, why are you doing that? Yeah. And if you could stimulate that conversation, you've demonstrated a, an inner personal holiness mm. that maybe you can stimulate somebody else to at least ask questions, how can I do what you're doing? Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to close up now, but um, I I know that some of our alumni listen, and there's many of mm. them that probably know you and have been touched by mm. your counsel and your wisdom. Mm. Um, and many of them now are, are in life and they're in multiple different kinds of careers and they're in different living situations in uh, the world. Um, what, what do you think is the most important thing that they need to hear um, about um, how God views them?
1: Well, the, the, the most important, I think, for them to keep in mind of how God views them is that he takes you for who you are because he created you uniquely. And because he took you and created you as his unique creator, creation, don't ever forget that. And just live it out on a daily basis. Is there some way that you, through what you learned when you were on net, mm-hmm. what dimensions of holiness or spirituality or the ability to read the Bible, learn verses of the Bible that you so well have taught them a technique to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about a certain prayer form that they use? they found effective? Don't be afraid. And don't be timid to proclaim that as a powerful testimony to everybody that you are dealing with on a daily basis. Don't be afraid to express a sense of hope about being a person of faith. Hmm. And don't be afraid uh, equally to do it without fear. Don't have any timidity. Hmm. And I think if we do that all of a sudden, that's where the Lord's just going to enrich who they were and what they received when they were here on net and what they can do for the greater church. You know, be a living, active disciple in your own parish community. And, and watch, watch, just watch the conversions that will come from seeing a living person doing that. And, and you know, no special titles, no special positions, just being a faithful member of the church. Live it, love it, and share it. Thanks, Father. You're welcome. God bless. Thank you, too.